The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marvin Doniger. Uh, who is a financial author. His latest book is called A Common Sense Approach to Successful Investing, Utilizing the Power of Stratomentical Analysis. Welcome to the show, Marvin. Thank you for having me, Jordan. Um, let's just talk at first a little bit about investing for most people. What, what are some of the things that they're doing right and wrong, most uh, average investors these days? Well, I, I think the biggest mistake that investors um, make is getting in at the wrong time. Uh, investors... Uh, unlike uh, when they go to buy something, tend to buy high and sell low. By that I mean when the market is e- euphoric, or in the words of uh, Alan Greenspan, displaying irrational exuberance, everybody thinks because the market has been up 40% that now is the time to get in. And when the market is at its nadir, they panic and sell. So, you know, and that's just contrary to how you make money. What you really want to do is buy low and sell high. And Basically, uh, the most profitable time to invest is when it's most difficult, i.e., when the outlook is most pessimistic. And where do you think we stand today in that uh, spectrum? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, One of the things I've done to, uh, I've actually done some research on that. And if you look back over the years, and and, and when I say the years, I'm saying going back to 1928. there have been very few cases when the market has gone up as much as it has this year and exhibited similar gains in the, in the following year. And part of the reason for that is this concept called reversion to the mean, which basically su- says something has a long-term average. And in order for that to be there, when it's way above it, it, it needs to come down in order to maintain that level. So, you know, while I'm not saying the market is, is going to go down uh, appreciably, I don't think it's going to go up as much. You know, similarly, if you look back in March of this year, when the market was, you know, down so much, you know, we're talking about 30 40% in some portfolios and others even more, you know, who would have thought that it would be up as much as it is right now? So, you know, in the short term, you know, it's anybody's guess, but, you know, you have to believe in the power of the American economy. And for that, you know, perspective, anybody who's investing for the long term, you know, should, in, in essence, invest over the long term. Did your analysis at the time when the market was at its lows in March uh, signal that this is a screaming buying opportunity? I, I don't do a technical analysis or anything like that, but certainly it was historically low. And one of the things that, that I did in the, in the analysis, and it, you know, it's another thing I talk about, is this notion of dollar cost averaging. You know, if you look at you know anybody who, in essence, um, bought into the market at its peak in you know, the end of 2007. If they had put $2,600 into the market at that one time, they obviously would have lost money. However, if instead of that they had put in $100 a month for each month and the market you know, went down, came back to where it is right now, they would be ahead of the game. They would have actually made money. 
Now, you, you have come up with in this new book with uh, what you call stratomental analysis, correct? Yes, that's correct. So why don't you describe, it's not something I've never heard about before, why don't you describe what that is and, and what that word means? Well, actually, uh, the reason why you haven't heard it before is because it's a new word that I invented. And basically, stratomental analysis is really attempting to answer three basic questions. Number one, is the company strategically positioned to succeed given the macroeconomic and geopolitical environment in which it works, and also its competitive environment. Um, so that's the first thing. You know, is, is the company headed in the right direction? The second one is, you know, has this company uh, demonstrated an ability to execute its strategy? You know, lots of companies have great ideas, but they just can't, you know, execute. When, you know, and that's the true test of management, is being able to make things happen. And finally, you know, is, is this appropriate price at which to you know buy the stock if if in effect you believe in an efficient market it's uh, it would say that hey all these factors would be all these factors be priced into the stock if it is you know you know it may not be a buy but it, if it isn't i.e. if the market hasn't priced in the prospects of the company it's something that's worth considering and really the word stratomental is really a composite of three words strategy fundamentals and technicals that makes more sense. So you're combining all three uh, to analyze uh, whether it's which stocks to buy and whether it's a particularly good time to buy them. Is that right? Right, and, it, and it's a looking forward. This is for investors, not for traders. When you start looking at, at a company's strategy, you know that that's something that says, "Hey, will this company, you know, be viable two, three, five, ten years from now?" Certain companies have demonstrated abilities to do that. You know, look at companies like Coca-Cola which is, you know, one of the world's most valuable brands, and it, it continues to do very well. Whereas you look at like companies like General Motors, you know, they've managed to, you know, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. In the 50s, you know, they, they in essence, ruled the world. Now they're, you know, hanging on by the largesse of our government. Uh, now, you have um, a, a chapter called Analysis Techniques. Uh, you're saying the stratomedical analysis... A technique applies not only to stocks but also to bonds as well. As well, is that right? Fixed yeah, it income. does. And so, might you explain a little bit about the fixed income side and what uh, how you can apply these same uh, strategies to whether what bonds you should be buying? Okay. Now, certainly, uh, and let me just backtrack a little. Stratomental analysis is looking at the at the company and its environment in which it works, and we're talking about the macroeconomic environment and the geopolitical. So, you know, the, really an investor in bond is really concerned with basically three risks, one of which is default risk. You know, this, this a bond may have a great yield, but if the company isn't going to be around to pay it, it, it really doesn't matter. So that's really the strategy. You know, it, looking at where the company is and the macro environment in which it operates, you know, what are the prospects for this company being able to pay back the investor, i.e., you. Uh, the other one, you know, risk is, is inflation. Um, what 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 will happen to the, to this yield if, in effect, you, you lock in a, a bond, say that's paying you four uh, percent, and it's a thirty-year bond? If, in effect, over that period, inflation averages five percent, you've actually lost a half a percent. And then the other part, you know, is interest rate risk. Uh, when the bond matures, you know, at what rate will you be able to um, reinvest the money? And uh, certainly, you know, when you look at bonds, you really need to look at where they are 
in relation to you know what's norm when you have bonds that are yielding relatively historically have relatively historically low yields the probability that the that the prevailing interest rates will go up is high especially given the current environment where we have a government that you know daily announces hundreds of billions of dollars in, in new spending without any way of paying for it the chances are that interest rates will go up if interest rates go up and on fixed income securities the value will go down in order to compensate investors for for the change in, in yields so do you think this is a good time to be buying longer-term treasury bonds today absolutely not uh, I mean, lots of people are buying they're having these treasury auctions and they're going very well all the time and well yeah, they are because they're looking for income but you know the issue is if you hold it for 30 years it, it is a bad bet now, certainly uh, you know so, some traders think they can time the market and get out before the before the principal goes down to you know to cause losses basically you know interest rates are so low right now that people are you know looking for yield but you know those who buy and intend to hold it is not a good idea in, in instead what they should do um, and this is only for um, retire retirement accounts is to uh, invest in tips which as you know are treasury uh, uh, instruments which basically protect the investor against inflation because the value of the uh, bond goes up as inflation comes along however these increases are taxable on an annual basis, so these are best handled in tax-sheltered accounts. So you're saying somebody today who's got money in a money market fund or treasury bills, which are pretty much earning zero, right? looking at a 30-year treasury bond yielding 3.5%, something like that, and they say, well, that looks good to me. I'll take the 3.5%. You don't think that's a good trade? Not, not, for, not for 30 years. A, a better trade and a safer trade is to buy a uh, one-year CD where you can get 2%. And then, but you do have the reinvestment risk. I mean, some would say we're in a deflationary, deleveraging uh, cycle here, and uh, that's why rates are so low and going to go lower because uh, well, you know, debt is imploding all over the world. Well, yeah, th that's right. However, you know, you look at the debt obligations of this country. Uh, the, the national debt right now, I believe, is around 80% of our gross domestic product, and some projections have exceeding, you know, well over 100% over the next few years, especially when we're looking at an environment where we have trillion-dollar you know, trillion deficits and the uh, Congress has just you know, voted to increase the national debt by $1.4 billion, trillion. And really, uh, somebody's got to buy that. And in order to compensate for the risk, uh, they're going to demand higher rates. You know, certainly, the United States position as a AAA rating is, is in doubt, you know, whether it will be there in the next two or three years is very suspect, especially given the projections for the federal deficit and the basic borrowing needs of this country. Even two to three years, you're saying if you have a 30-year bond, then by the time it matures, you're not going to be AAA anymore. Uh, that's, that's right. I, I, if the current fiscal situation continues. And do you, you see that changing at all? I certainly hope so. What would that take? Well, I, I think what, what it's going to take is basically a, a change of the direction of Congress. You know, Congress is trying to do some very good things for the economy, irrespective of ability to pay for it. You know, just like you and I can't go out and 
you know, borrow ad infinitum, neither can the government. There are some practical limitations on that, and I think, unfortunately, uh, unless direction changes, you know, things will get very difficult with regards to interest rates. You know, look at um, the 70s when interest rates were so high, inflation was there, and, uh, you know, the the government is either, you know, is either find a way to pay for all these things or inflate the economy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very difficult, it's a very serious, serious situation out there. So you're not a big fan of long-term uh, treasury bonds. How about corporate or even high-yield bonds in this environment? No, I, I, it, it's the whole thing. It's the whole yield curve issue. Um, you know, there are, you know, what I, what I would call somewhat riskier, but, you know, reasonable dividends. You know, you can get, uh, you know, 35 4% on utility stocks right now and you know with those you have the potential for increase in value of this underlying stock and potential dividend increases there are a lot of companies out there that pay you know incre- have a history of increasing dividends and some of them are, you know, are kind of surprises you know you look at intel which is a um, which is a technology company which you know mostly are not known for their dividends it's paying a 3.3% dividend right now and so you think that's a better deal you have growth potential and locking yourself into a fixed income at the same yeah, time rate. Yeah, and I'm just giving those examples, but by no means am I re- recommending those stocks. All I'm doing is giving those for examples. But again, there are several companies out there that have a history of increasing their dividends, and they're right now are paying you know three, three and a half, maybe even four or higher percent. There, there's a caveat, you know, I'd, I'd like to you know make regarding okay. when you look at dividends, the issue is really uh, the the sustainability of that dividend. And a way of looking at that is saying, hey, what percentage of the company's earnings are, co- are being paid out in dividends? You know, if it's historically high or high by the industry standards, you know, that dividend is suspect. If it's w- relatively low, then, you know, there's a good chance that that dividend is sustainable and may even increase. So, so you're saying for income investors, uh, stocks offer a better deal today than bonds, basically. If they're willing to take the risk. If, in effect, risk is important, and certainly to a lot of people, you know, uh, they don't want to take any chances, I, I would say go into CDs. Short- you're, you're saying bonds have a lot of risk right now at, at low rates. That's right. They do. Uh, again, uh, I, you know, it's my, it's my belief, and, and I'm not alone in this, that over, you know, the medium to long term, interest rates are going to go up, and therefore, you know, there'll be loss of principal there. And also, you know, the opportunity cost of being able to, you know, receive those uh, interest returns at a future date. And then, you know, there's also the default risk. You know, who would have thought that General Motors, you know, would default on obligations? Who would have thought that Lehman Brothers, you know, anybody who held their bonds, uh, you know, would basically end up, you know, with nothing? And the government in restructuring General Motors basically... uh, violated the contracts with bondholders uh, and basically you know bondholders are supposed to have first uh, basically uh, a- uh, access to uh, you know a company when it goes into uh, bankruptcy but that was all negated uh, by the government and you know who's to say that won't happen again in another situation very good all right we're going to take a break uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the money answer show my guest this hour is Marvin Doniger whose new book is called a common sense approach to successful investing utilizing the power of stratomedical analysis. We'll be back after this.
always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marvin Doniger, uh, who's a financial author. Uh, his latest book is called A Common Sense Approach to Successful Investing, Utilizing the Power of Stratomedical Analysis. Welcome back to the show, Marvin. Thank you, George. One of the areas you talk about are different technical analysis uh, patterns that people should be looking at, particularly in buying stocks. And let's just go through briefly some of these things. And I mean, you have illustrations in the book, but uh, the, the usefulness of some of these uh, patterns, uh, the head and shoulders pattern, for example. Before we, before we do that, Jordan, I'd like to you know, go over basically what the fundamental assumptions behind technical analysis okay. is, because I think it's important for... You know, everyone understand this. You know, everybody looks at the, these various things and makes some judgments. But there's three, you know, key uh, assumptions that 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 are affect that underlie technical analysis. One of them is that the market discounts all factors that could affect it, i.e., that the current price reflects all known knowledge. Number two, and this is a key one, that prices tend to follow established trends, and that's you know all these various patterns. It says that hey. These things are, are established and, and they're repeating. And then the whole notion that history repeats itself. 
because this happened before from a technical perspective, uh, something else will happen. And a lot of the technicians look at these things irrespective of the fundamentals. You know, they just look at the the technical analysis and and go from there. And, you know, Gary B. Smith, who's on, on TV, who's a, uh, a, a technical analysis basically, you know, says on the thing. I don't care about the fundamentals. I, I just look at the, uh, the, t- the the technicals and the patterns. And um, you know, if you look at them, a lot of them, in, in my view, are kind of like reading uh, tea leaves. You know, but nonetheless, you know, people do believe in them. And in the book, I describe you know a whole series of these and um, show them as examples. And you know, everybody can look at them, and it's. Easy to look at them in a book and see, yeah, this happened, and therefore, you know, because of X, Y happened. However, in reality, it's very hard to to look at these things. Some of them, I, I think, are less qualitative and more quantitative, and are, are more apropos to the, the average investor. You know, one of which is the moving average, which basically tries to. Uh, smooth out fluctuations so that instead of looking at anything on a, on a daily basis, say you look at it on a, a weekly basis or 10 days of 20 days, 50 days, 100 days, and just look at a moving average of, of every 10 days, and then you compare the actual price to those averages to see whether the thing is above trend or below trend. So that's one thing that... And you want to buy it when it's above trend, is basically what you're saying. Well, no. Okay, and... I guess there's there's another thing too, too, but I'll get to that in a minute. If it's above trend, you know that's you know runs the risk, if you will, of buying high and and selling low. You know what you're looking at when it's below the average. And if you if you believe if you have a an understanding of the strategic position of the company, it may not be reflected in the price because. The market is so short-term oriented that question, you know, they're worried about today, tomorrow, you know, this quarter. They're not looking out three to five years, whereas the average investor should be looking out that far. And therefore, you know, what you want to do is look for discontinuities between where the price so the stock is and where its prospects are. So you're if, saying to buy it below moving average because uh, you're yeah. buying it when it's cheap? Is that the idea? If if the fundam- if the strategic portion of the stratomental analysis and the fundamental portion justify it. Okay. So, you know, in, in, in making decisions, is strategy, is the company going in the right direction? If no, go no further. It, it doesn't make any sense from the long-term perspective. There may be trading opportunities, but from a long-term perspective, it doesn't make any sense. So if the company is going in the right direction, then you look at the fundamentals and say, hey, does this company have the financial resources to execute its strategy. If, for example, the company needs $2 billion, and I say billion, not billion, million, $2 billion to execute its strategy, and it's highly leveraged, i.e. it has a lot of debt in its balance sheet, and it's, not, and it's operating at a loss, the chances of it being able to get that money are very low. So therefore, you know, it may have the right strategy, but it's unable to execute. If a company has the right strategy, and it's able to execute, is the price, i.e., attractive. So, yeah, if the price, so it, the price is really the third part, if you will, uh, of the, the analysis. Okay? 
So you're supposed to do the analysis in that order, those three. Absolutely. It's, yes. it's a top-down analysis. Uh-huh. So now, it, that, is that, that common to find something where the strategy is looking good, the fundamentals are good, and the price is cheap? You'd think that if the fundamentals are good, that the price would already be up re- reflecting those better fundamentals. You, you would, uh, again, but the price is, is really short-term oriented because if you look at um, the professionals, they're measured on a short-term basis, I, you know, what kind of profits have they generated this year? Whereas, you know, if you're an investor, you're looking out three, five years, you know, you take the long-term perspective, like Warren Buffett, you know, who, who is, you know, very successful investor, in fact, you know, one of the world's most successful investors, because he's a value investor. He looks for assets that are mispriced. So, so basically you're saying it's possible to have something where the strategy looks good, Fundamentals look good, and the price is still undervalued. That's underappreciated, absolutely. Uh-huh. And, and, and history has shown that. You know, look, look at Apple, you know, which is doing very well right now, uh, and, you know, is a very innovative company. But if you look back three, five years ago, before Steve Jobs came back, this company was struggling. And, you know, its survival was in question. But certainly, he put together a strategy, i.e., you know, the iPod and the iPhone and, and VI, whatever else is coming out, and, you know, was able to execute that strategy, and the price of the stock has appreciated. Whether, you know, where it is right now at, you know, 200, around $200, whether, you know, it's going to appreciate in the future the way it has in the past, who knows? It's doubtful, but it is possible. You have a chapter where you compare different companies in the same industry, and why one does well and one does, does not do well, and you have GM versus Toyota, for example. Why don't you describe the difference between two companies in the same industry. Okay, well, th- there, there are factors that, are, that affect a company, an industry, and a company maybe, of two different companies in that industry, for one it may be an advantage and one it may be a disadvantage. You know, for example, um, l- let's look at exchange rates. Th- they're very important to General Motors and they're very important to uh, Toyota. For General Motors, they're a disadvantage vis-a-vis um, competitors when the dollar is, is, is weak because it takes more dollars to buy an imported car, whereas for Toyota, it is an advantage because its products are cheaper in the, in the United States. So, you know, that's an issue. The real issues with General Motors and Toyota is, is really a couple. Number one, General Motors has, has a history of the last, you know, 15 or 20 years, or even longer, of basically building crummy cars. Whereas Toyota had a reputation for building quality cars. They have a reputation for continuous improvement, both in the process in which they generate, build their cars, and and the quality which they produce. Also, you know, you look at labor costs. General Motors has been saddled with, you know, very high labor costs due to union contracts they negotiated when things were very well, whereas Toyota doesn't have those kind of um, labor costs. And, and even in the United States, the labor costs of the Toyota plants are significantly lower than the General Motors plants. And the retiree um, benefits that uh, General Motors pays and the health benefits are exorbitant. You know, they, they pay you know, thousands of dollars per car to pay for employees that don't work anymore. So, you know, those are some of the issues where there are basically advantages to Toyota and disadvantages to um, General Motors, and certainly 
if you look at what's happened to General Motors market share, it's gone down over the years. Uh, you know, now we're at, you know, 20% would be a, a major victory for, for the ever-evolving management uh, team at General Motors, where, you know, Toyota, you know, is now the largest manufacturer of cars in the world, where just a few years ago, General Motors had that position. So certainly, you know, one company is heading up because it has the right strategy, it has been able to execute it, whereas General Motors has been going in the other direction. You know, you know, before, you know, you were talking about if a stock is low, you know, should you buy it? Well, you know, look at General Motors' stock. It's very low, but, you know, its prospects, you know, aren't very good, or they're certainly of question. So, again, you know, going back to the notion of strategy first, is it right? Does the company, you know, have a record of being able to deliver? Certainly, you know, General Motors, you know, has said right things, but, you know, hasn't been able to deliver, whereas the opposite is true for Toyota. You go through in the book a series of financial comparisons of the two um, that you know show show what you're talking about in, in numbers actually. So you're saying that this is something that anybody can do, comparing two companies in the same industry by looking at all these different numbers uh, to see whether they want to invest in it or not. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's very easy to do. You know, th- this data is readily available. Uh, you know, it's available on Yahoo Finance. You know, you can go to websites, you know, like Charles Schwab or Fidelity, and get all this information. And the calculations are are relatively simple. There are averages and standard deviations, which are readily available, you know, in in spreadsheet software. And, you know, anybody, you know, who looks at this book, you know, can see how it's done. And unlike a lot of books that um, explain techniques, I've actually applied the techniques. You know, first of all, as you know, I've got this section called Tales of Two Companies where I profile the companies in terms of their history and, and their financials, et cetera. And then I apply, you know, I describe my tech, techniques for doing stratomedical analysis. Then I actually apply them to each of the companies that I've profiled previously. So anybody, you know, following this thing should, you know, would be able to do this. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Marvin Doniger. Uh, His new book is called A Common Sense Approach to Successful Investing, Utilizing the Power of Stratomedical Analysis. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in 
both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marvin Doniger, uh, whose new book is called A Common Sense Approach to Successful Investing utilizing the power of stratomedical analysis. Uh, you also, at the end of this book, go into great detail on uh, many different uh, companies, uh, you know, <laughs> with all kinds of numbers and analysis of these things. Uh, why don't you give us some, some examples of some companies that are, uh, as you say, for long-term investing, pass your, your various tests for uh, high quality according to your, your method of analysis? Yeah, the first, I, I want to just... Um explain how I chose these companies. Uh, these companies, you know, weren't chosen as investments, you know, suggestions or, or recommendations. Basically, they were chosen to um, demonstrate some things. You know, as I say in the book, some of these companies are the best of companies, some of these are the worst of companies. You know, for example, companies that are the worst of companies, you know, we could say General Motors is, is one of them, you know, um, in Motorola is another one. Uh, some of these companies, you know, were leaders, i.e., Motorola invented, if you will, cell phones, but yet Nokia, you know, uh, dominates the industry. Others are companies are um, both successful. You know, I think examples of that would be Coca-Cola and PepsiCo. Both are very successful companies in the, in the same industry, although you know there are some differences uh, in, in their products, but nonetheless, generally they're rivals of each other's others you know profit at the expense of others uh for example in the pharmaceuticals pfizer you know is faced with a uh, loss of patents on some of its uh drugs I mean, most notably lipitor when that comes off you know that it's a huge multi-billion dollar revenue stream that um, they need to uh, replace whereas the company that i profiled there is teva pharmaceuticals and that one over there is a generic company, so that as these company as these drugs come off patent, companies like Teva will prosper. You know, others like Boeing and Lockheed Martin are both aerospace and defense, but Lockheed is primarily in the defense segment, and Boeing is 
basically in the commercial aircraft business as well as the um, defense business. So, you know, that's why I, I, I chose the, co- the companies that I chose. And, you know, speaking of that, uh, you know, we can go through uh, the stratomedical analysis, say, for uh, Teva. And, you know, the, the key things there are um, basically uh, because it is a, an Israeli company, uh, exchange rates are, are important to them because it makes their products, you know, more expensive in the United States as, as the dollar weakens. Uh, taxes, you know, for companies in the... Um, Pharmaceutical business are, are very important. Um, you know, for example, uh, Pfizer's effective tax rate is 24 percent because of tax incentives, etc. Whereas others in the industry, you know, have t- tax rates of 40 percent or so. So, taxes can make a significant difference uh, to the company. You know, both of these companies, Teva and you know, uh, Pfizer, of highly um, constrained by government regulations. You know, they just can't put a, a drug on the uh, market. They have to prove its efficacy and, and also make sure that, you know, it, quote, does no harm. So it would be equal for both companies in that case. Well, yeah, but it, it, it's, it's different um, because for Pfizer, in developing a new drug, they need to go through extensive testing to, to, to prove its efficacy. You know, it's, it's three phases of testing. Plus, I need to get FDA approval. Whereas Tever, all I have to do is prove that the drug is uh, equivalent to the drug that's already been, you know, uh, tested, and then you know they also, you know, both companies need to prove that their manufacturing facilities, you know, meet the FDA uh, quality requirements. So you're saying it's much cheaper for Teva in that case because they don't have all the research and development. That's right. And, 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 you know, it's research and development, but, you know, when you amortize research and development, it's not only the drugs that succeed, but it's also the drugs that fail. And that's the reason why generics are so much cheaper, is because those companies don't have to incur those costs. Okay, Okay. so that's compar- comparison on government regulation. We're kind of basically going through a stratomedical analysis right. comparing these two companies. So right. the next thing is government incentives. What's the difference between those two there? Well, you know... The government incentives there are basically um, some governments, you know, will provide tax incentives to locate facilities there, and that's, you know, that whole issue of tax, the taxes, because Pfizer has such a low tax rate is because of government centers that allow them to put their manufacturing facilities in places like Puerto Rico and therefore, you know, reduce their tax base. And then you have uh, trade barriers, and how that how is that different between the two? Well, it, it, it's 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 not really it's it's a, a, a it's a moderate factor, and you know it's it's a non-differentiating thing. Uh, supply interruption um, is is something that that there is a difference between, say, a Pfizer and a Teva. Teva base is first is a vertically integrated pharmaceutical company, which means that it also manufactures a lot of the basic chemicals from which drugs are manufactured, so they're less vulnerable to supply interruptions than, say, a, te- than, than a Pfizer. Okay? Uh-huh. Now, now, if you look at customers, you know, it's, it's important to understand who the customers are yeah. for these drugs. It's not you or I, it's the doctors who prescribe them, because we can't get those drugs without the doctor's approval. So therefore, Pfizer has to spend, you know, lots of money to demonstrate to the doctors that, you know, their cholesterol drug is 
superior to somebody else's. Whereas Teva has to convince the doctors that truly that their drug is equivalent to, you know, say a Lipitor or whatever it is that they're selling. Although these companies are advertising to consumers a lot for prescription drugs these days. It's a huge business. Well, yeah, it is, and it, it, it doesn't matter. If the doctor won't prescribe it, it doesn't matter. All it does is they put pressure on the doctor to prescribe it. So, you know, if you go to the doctor and he says, hey, your cholesterol is too high, you know, your knee-jerk reaction would be, oh, you're going to, you know, to ask for Lipitor. And, you know, that puts some pressure on the doctor. Um, and, uh, but you're saying the difference between the two companies is that Pfizer would have those marketing and advertising expenses that Teva would not because the they content would be, is already they, they, they would be much less. So it's a competitive advantage to them because they don't have to spend as much to do it. Again, that's how they're able to, um, you know, have lower prices. Uh -huh. And, you know, certainly, uh, you know, as far as competitors, um, you know, for Pfizer, you know, for just, you know, and Pfizer is not alone. There are a lot of, uh, you know, most all the other drug companies have the same problem. You know, when Lipitor goes off patent, they're going to have a tough time convincing, you know, patients to take that versus the uh, generic. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a major issue for... Pfizer, it's a major disadvantage. For Teva, it's a major advantage. Okay, you know, it's, it's a seesaw. For one, it's an advantage. The other, it's a disadvantage. Okay, and then you get onto the fundamentals. But just before I do that, though, each of these comment uh, uh, strategic factors, you then weight according to whether they're minor, moderate, or major, right? right. So that they're not all equally important in deciding whether the company is good or not. Right, and and for an, and, and I and. and Previously in the book, I compare these strategic factors to the industry, and then for the companies. For you know, for an industry, it may be important. For comp the two companies that I profiled, it may not be important. Or for one company, it may be important. For another, it may not be important. Or it may be important for different reasons. It's important to understand all those. So I, you know, I have a summary of them. And then when I go into detail, I not only give the, the summary, minor, moderate, or major, but the commentary as to why it is. It's important to understand the why as well as the what. For people who are not familiar with these companies, um, how would they get this information to, to make these analyses? Uh, um, it, it, of, of the part of the analysis, this is the most important, and it, it's the most time-consuming. What one must do is you know, read the company's annual reports, look at their uh, SEC filings, their... Uh, you know, quarterly filings and the annual filings. Uh, you, you need to read. Uh, you know, you read to you know business uh, magazines and you know financial newspapers, the internet, and be aware of the company, and also be aware of where the world is going. You know what's happening in the world. You know, one could look at banks. You know, for example two years ago and, you know, look at all the fundamentals and say, boy, you know, these companies are very uh, attractive. And as their prices went down, you know, and these, many of these banks were at five-year lows, you say, boy, this is, you know, great time to buy. But if one had looked at and understood the, the macroeconomic environment with all the mortgages defaulting and, you know, basically creditor problems and banks being forced to recognize potential losses in the balance sheets, you know, one would say, hey, the, the, the economic, macroeconomic environment is challenging, and therefore, you know, the fundamentals really don't matter because, you know, 
you know, storm clouds are there, and, you know, and the storm is here. So it's important to, you know, not only look at the company, but the environment in which it works, which is, it's operating in, and what's happening. And, you know, a lot of people just look at a company and say, boy, you know, this makes a great product. Um, I'm going to invest in it. But, you know, they need to look at it in the environment. Because the envir- in a bad environment, you know, all, only the, the outstanding companies can succeed. And in some bad environments, no companies can succeed. So it's important to understand that. And one only gets that by basically assimilating all the information that you can and, and trying to figure out for yourself what it means. You know, there are a lot of television pundits that tell you what to do, but, you know, and, and some of them will be right, but, you know, a, a lot of them won't be. And, you know, how do you know that the, the pundit on TV today is right or wrong? So you need to make your own judgments. And by making these judgments, and, and it takes time, um, you'll be able to make better, you know, investment decisions. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Marvin Doniger, whose new book is called A Common Sense Approach to Successful Investing, Utilizing the Power of Stratomedical Analysis. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Self-leadership is more important than corporate leadership. In the hustle and bustle world we live in, we need to be reminded that in all failures and successes, we are the common denominators. Each week, let Daniel Gutierrez help bring you the tools you need to manage self-leadership, resulting in self-success. Make your mark in your industry. Make sure you listen to Right Here, Right Now, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marvin Doniger, who's the author of a new book called The Common Sense Approach to Successful Investing, Utilizing the Power of Stratomedical Analysis. Marvin, before we get back, uh, just tell us briefly how people can get the book and uh, you know, various ways, that, uh, if you have a website, those kind of things. Sure. Uh, basically, uh, t- my book is available at Amazon.com. It's also available at BarnesandNoble.com. So, you know, those are some places where you can get it. Uh, you know, you can get more information uh, on this book and my other books and myself uh, at my website. It's called booksbydoniger.com, and Doniger is spelled D-O-N-I-G-E-R. Or you can go to stratamenticalanalysis.com to get more information on my book. So, you know, there, there are two sources for getting information about the book, and Amazon and Barnes & Noble are excellent sources for purchasing the book. You have a list of ideas to consider. Let's just go through some of those briefly. The first one is investments must be consistent with need for funds. What do you mean by that? Well, basically, the shorter your time frame, the surer you want to be that the funds will be available. So, you know, if, in effect, I need money, say, in six months or, say, six months or a year, I can't take any risk on losing principal, so, therefore, I need to invest in something that will guarantee that. So that means, you know, CDs or treasuries. Uh, nothing else, you know, is, is safe. You know, corporate bonds could go in default. Whether a, a stock's price will be up or down in that time period, you know, is uncertain. So you really want to assure that the money that you need will be there when you need it. And therefore, you know, safety of principle is, is the overriding concern. Then you say not all investments will be profitable. Uh, do people go into investments thinking they'll all be profitable? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I think they do. You know, we, we all go in there with the expectation of winning. Uh, you know, just like everybody goes to Las Vegas, thinks they're going to win, but yet, you know, Las Vegas is a, a very plush place, and obviously somebody's paying for that. So, you know, what I do and, and what I would recommend is not only do I look at what I, you know, I could gain, but how much am I willing to lose so that, uh, you know, in some investments, you know, I'm, I'm willing to incur large losses, potential losses, because I think there are potential large gains. In other cases, I'm not. One must look at, you know, the risks as well as the rewards. And in my other book, A Common Sense, a, a common sense Roadmap to Uncommon Wealth, I talk about high-risk, co- high high-reward investments, you know, which you, you could take with caution. You know, there are low-risk, high-reward investments, which I think everybody should pursue, and the one which I, I put the, the cloak and de- the cross, the skull bones on is high risk, low reward investments. You know, uh, you know drilling for um, oil wells in, a, in an unexplored area is what I would call a high, you know a high risk, high reward in a situation. You know, which most investors should avoid. You really want to be in the the low risk category, low risk, low reward, i.e., high probability of receiving your money back with some modest in gain, and low-risk, high-reward. Then you talk about extrapolating recent trends into the future can be futile. I mean, all of what you talked about was technical analysis or saying you can extrapolate trends based on past history. So why is that true? Um, well, the shorter your time frame, the higher the probability of being correct. 
for example, if it's raining right now, there's a good chance it's going to be raining in 10 minutes. And, however, you know, whether it's me raining, you know, you know, one year from today, who knows? And, and what I'm, you know, what, what I, you know, if you look at what's happened with stocks, for example, look at Google, which has, you know, just done astronomically well. You know, to think that it will continue at that same trajectory over the next, you know, three years is highly unlikely. But yet, you know, some people will do that. Again, you know, the shorter the time frame, you know, the higher the probability, but if you go over long periods of time, you know, things happen. You know, companies that are, are able to, you know, double in size become becomes more difficult as you get larger. You know, it's easy to grow from a $1 million to a $2 million company, from a $100 million to a $200 million company. But growing from a 50 to $100 billion company is a lot more difficult. Then you say to understand your risk tolerance. Do a lot of investors not understand that when they make investments? Yeah, and, and that's part of what I spoke of before. Um, you know, for example, um, I, I was just recently approached by somebody who wanted me to invest in, in oil wells. And it was a development oil well and all of that. But as you look at the prospectus, you know, basically it would said that any investor incurs unlimited risk. And, you know, that, that's something, you know, while the, the financials may have been very attractive, the, the, the notion of unlimited risk is, is something that should be avoided at all costs. Similarly, you know, uh, you need to understand what the potential risks are and whether you're willing to tolerate that or not. And everybody has to need to, needs to answer that for themselves. Nobody can tell them what it should be. Everybody has their own tolerance. You know, some people have low tolerance for losses. Others have very high tolerances. You talk about today's uh, conceptions can be tomorrow's misconceptions. Might give us an example of that. Well, you know, I, I think one of them we spoke about before was that you know the whole notion of deflation. You know, deflation is you know is the prevailing wisdom. You know, and that may not be true before. You know, let's look back at the housing problem that that generated all this. There were you know, it was prevailing wisdom in a, in a lot of places. You know, in Southern California where I live, is one of those where so some people believed, and a lot of them did, that real estate prices could only go up. And that was the prevailing wisdom. And, you know, the, the, it was further compounded on television where, you know, people were saying that, you know, the, the real estate market was local and, you know, there was, there was no such thing as, as a national real estate market and that, you know, real estate prices, you know, could not go down on a national basis. Well, you know, let's look at what happens. You know, real estate prices in California have gone down dramatically on a national basis you know it has as well and there's been only a handful of places where real estate prices have gone up and even there it's been very modest so you know there's another case where prevailing wisdom was wrong um, you know the whole notion of you know the, the people believing that you know because the market has gone up so much this year it will do similarly next year you know is it possible? Yeah, it is possible, but but it's unlikely. People get wrapped up in what's happening currently and thinking that's going to continue, basically. That's right, both, both to the upside and the downside. Yeah, a year ago they thought the world was coming to an end and, and abandoned everything. Uh, your last comment is a caveat investor, and what do you mean by that? Well, again, you know, it's, it's, it's really being careful, uh, you know, that, there, you know, and again, we spoke about this before, you know, the whole notion of, of risk is there and you 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 can't rely on totally on professional advisors well certainly you know they're giving you their you know their best view 
and you know they know that you're going to measure them on a short-term perspective and you know you need to understand that and you know the risk is ultimately yours you know no investment is without risk and you know i, I you know i i, I, I sp- we've spoken a lot about risk and this is not to discourage potential investors is just to put it in perspective you know we all think we're going to win and, and you know if we do it intelligently we will win more often than not but we also need to understand that you know we're not perfect and we are going to make mistakes and we need to minimize our mistakes so you're saying people emphasize the return part and minimize the risk part. Yeah, they should you know, almost do the opposite. You know, you go to a cocktail party and you know, everybody talks about how much money they made here, there, or whatever, you know, and they downplay or you know what they've lost. With about a minute we have left, uh, Marvin, maybe just do a brief summary again of what stratomedical analysis is. We've gone to some depth, but just give them a, a brief summary as we close the show. Sure. Stratomedical analysis is basically trying to answer three questions. Number one, is the company headed in the right direction given the environment in which it operates? Number two, does the com- is there any reason to believe the company? How credible are they based on you know, how they perform before and their financial resources? And third is, you know, is, is this an appropriate price to pay? You know, is, is, this, is this company very expensive historically? And is that consistent with, the, with the, you know, where it's going? And, you know, just to summarize it quickly, you ask yourself, is the company's strategy, you know, appropriate if not you know don't go any further number you know if it is appropriate you know is there credibility if there is the next question is you know what is an appropriate price you know don't go hey this is a cheap stock or you know stock's been rising and and, and buy it irrespective of where it's going if the train's headed in the wrong direction you don't want to be on it very good. All right, well, this has been very fascinating. I think it's an interesting idea and, and certainly doable for an awful lot of people to figure out how to invest not only in stocks but bonds and other kinds of things as well. So thanks very much for being on the show with us, Marvin. Thank you for having me, Jordan. And again, uh, his book is called A Common Sense Approach to Successful Investing, Utilizing the Power of Stratomedical Analysis. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.